Uh, my name is Andrew Bojanak. For those of you who don't know, uh, I go to West Akron Church in Ohio. Um, married, three kids, and uh, a little bit about, my, about myself. I'm oldest of four siblings, um, used to live in New Jersey, moved to Ohio in 2000, uh, found my beautiful wife there, and uh, settled in Cleveland. So we are Ohioans. Uh, today, we'd like to talk a little bit about vision and relating vision to revival, but also about what vision really means, true vision. So I'd like to make this pretty interactive. It's probably going to be like another class, if that's okay. How many of you have Bibles? Any Bibles? Excellent. Okay, so when you see a verse on the screen, get a little ahead of it and flip to it if we can. All right, so we can move move it along. So before we start, let's all uh, bow our hearts and our heads in prayer. Father God, great Redeemer, we bow before you even in this morning, Lord. You, O God, are majestic, omnipotent, omniscient, and Father, for that we praise you. We praise you, O God, because you are not like man. We praise you, O God, because you make decisions and work not the way we would work. And Father, for that we are incredibly, eternally grateful. For us, as frail humans, we would go in a much different direction. Following our pride, following ourself, and looking for our own gain. And, oh God, you are just, and we praise you for that. We ask a blessing upon this talk this morning. Father, we ask a blessing upon these uh, attendees that are here, Father. We ask that you would be with uh, me as well, Father, that it would be your words, that I wouldn't say a thing. Father, that you would just speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we'll be a little bit Old Testament heavy. I'm sorry. I love the Old Testament. There's a ton of incredible doctrinal truths. You can't split the Old Testament from the New Testament. They are one and the same. The same Christ that is in that New Testament, the same Jesus, is riddled, riddled all over the Old. They're not mutually excuse, exclusive. So with that, bear with me. Bunch of these and thous, but stick with me. I think we'll be able to, to make some really great connections this morning. So if one of you could please, do we need a mic to the individual? Is it important? Maybe just talk really loud, please. So if someone could do me a favor, read, read Proverbs 29.18. Somebody read that for us. Excellent. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Excellent. Give me some key words in that scripture verse. Perish. Excellent. There's a softball up on the screen for you in case you didn't know. People. Excellent. Vision. Excellent. What? Keepeth. Okay, very good. Law. Excellent. One more I'm missing. I feel, how do I feel today? Happy, awesome, excellent. So we're going to go through those five words and the, 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 the impact of what those five words are in our lives as we, are, we all are here experiencing this human experience. We're all the lead character in your own movie. It's you. You're the star. Truly. And we have the opportunity to choose our role. 
The limitation is before us. Hedges are around us. And we have the opportunity and we have the choice to jump a hedge, to go another path, or to stay within the, uh, within the path that's chosen for us. The path that God has, has for us. So, list of people you trust. How many of us have been uh, maybe hurt by a friend, family member, because they let you down? Just about everybody, right? This is part of the human experience. That happens to all of us. How many of us have felt empty before? Right? What, what is that? Give me some characteristics of that feeling. Shut up. You feel lost. You don't know where to go. Where to turn? What was that? Hopeless. Imagine hopeless. I remember Tom Hurtick, Brother Tom Hurtick gave, gave an inspiration hour, and he said, at the gates of hell, it's not that you're going to burn all day. It's not, gonna be, it's not that it's going to be hot. At the gates of hell, if you can imagine that there's a wording across the top at the entrance that says, abandon all hope. Hope. If you could think about uh, some of the, uh, uh, the explorers, right, in the early centuries, they get in a boat commissioned by uh, uh, Louis VIII, and they just go in hope. Imagine what that takes. Even more, what do we look for even more in our spiritual hope? Hope in who? In whom? Hope in Jesus that he did what? He lived and died and take our sins away. And not only that, but what did he do? Rose again. This man was not just another Jew that died on the cross. Uh, There was plenty that that happened to. But let me tell you, he was the only one that rose again. Not only did he do that, but he said he would do it. So, he is the, 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 the filler of all of emptiness. Right? Have you ever thought in your life... I know I have. Why am I here on earth? Why am I here? Why am I part of this family? Why was I born in this city? Have you ever, have you ever thought about that? Give me some nods to make me think I'm not like some freak here. Okay, excellent. This is the, you are not alone in this thinking. All of us here that have been uh, redeemed by the blood of Jesus, let me tell you, that exact those exact same thoughts run through our, or have run through our minds as well. Give me a, 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 an example of a horizontal relationship. One-sided, okay, with someone else. Excellent, perfect. One side, a, a relationship between two people. That's our earthly relationship. Your relationship with your friends, your brothers, your sisters. And what's a vertical relationship? Relationship with God. Excellent. That's a vertical relationship. Somebody read the, uh, the, first, the first one. First John, 1, or first John 4, 7 and 8, please. What's a stronger emotion, love or hate? Love. How far, you know, I love those, uh, 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 what are those, those National Geographic shows, um, Planet Earth. And there's this bird. The extent that birds go to, to woo uh, their mate is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Nature, 
proclaims the glory of God and proclaims his love and his desire to have relationship with, with who? Us. Excellent. God's desire to have a relationship with us is so strong, which is absolutely incredible because he's the creator of all. Right? So he could create something uh, that's even more extravagant. But because of his love for each one of us, he's willing to do whatever it takes. Somebody read Isaiah uh, 118, please. Okay. So do you think he's telling a people that's absolutely perfect? Is he telling this to absolutely perfect people that have always obeyed him and that have always been uh, obedient And never backslid? No. He's telling this to a people that are called a stubborn generation. That they're like vipers. This God is still, still yearning. Think about about that God is asking us and and putting his hand around us and said, exactly as, as as that verse said in the Old Testament, let us reason together. If you were God, Right? If you were God and you could do anything you wanted to, you've created everything, you could do anything, you're outside time, outside space, and you got these people that, you know, they're doing their own thing, what would you do? You probably would just want to, what, wipe them off the face of the earth, right? You'd want to just absolutely obliterate, destroy them. I have no use for these people. Right? They're not, they don't listen. They don't follow after my word. They don't, they're not obedient. I, I tell them to go right. They go left. How thankful are you and are, am I that that is not the God that we serve? Romans 3.23. Someone hit that. This is the human condition. Right? So if we think about love, God, the Bible says that God is love. And that that's our sickness. Right? That's our disease. And then the remedy John 3.16, let's all do it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Excellent. Vision. Can I have two volunteers? I need two volunteers. Daniel, give me another one. North Phoenix, come on. Sorry, I just saw what church you go to. Put these on. And go hide over there for a second. Put these on. And go hide over there for a second. Alright, so what we're going to do, they're going to come out, and we're going to see how good these guys listen. Alright? Let's see how many that they could pick up. We'll give them a minute or two. Alright boys, come on out. There's candy on the floor. Come find it. Come on, shout it out. Let them know where it is. Come on. Come on, find it, boys. Come on, Daniel.
right, great. All right, awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Very good. Can I keep them? Yeah, here, actually. Go ahead. Keep no, 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 no. Oh, wait, actually. Yeah, keep the glasses. Very good. Give them my hand. All right, so what they had on... What... what what they had on, what they had on was uh, glasses that distorted their vision. It was like bug glasses, like a fly, right? It looks like a prism, right? So they, they, uh, you guys did a great job and guide him. Where did I put my? Oh, here we go. All right, we got vision. Vision's the next, the next keyword. How do we know if we have poor spiritual vision? How do we know if we have poor spiritual vision? We don't know if we don't know where we're going. Huh. Okay, what else? If you're confused, okay. Okay, we're not into the Word. Okay, you don't, you don't trust God. Okay. We try to solve the problems ourselves. Why would we want to do that? Okay. Are you the only one that thinks that way? A lot. Let me tell you. Whoa. Ah, we'll get you later. All right. So you, you can ask, you can ask mo- most, of, most of us, most of us that have decided to take on the blood of Jesus to cover our transgressions have tried, we have tried to do it ourselves. Right? What was, what was a main key point of the sermon yesterday? Oh, you guys weren't in there. Sorry. That was a teen sermon. Sorry. <clears throat> we talked so much about pride. Pride is really the gateway sin to all sins. You could, st- you could pinpoint just about every sin can stem from pride. And what, what's hard about, what's difficult about pride? Come on, what's hard about pride? We all have it. You've got to know what it is. Okay, it makes us feel comfortable. Very good. What else? It's our human nature. It's back to that, that sin condition that we have. It's like, you're, you, we have three kids. I don't have to teach them to be bad. They grew up that way. You got to, you know, spank them to be good, right? So that's part of our, our sin nature. Why else? Huh? Okay, so a big part of, of, uh, of conversion, right, of deciding to make a decision to follow after Christ and to give up my sin nature is repentance, asking for forgiveness. Last night, we heard Mickey give a testimony of his father. Even you guys, especially me, we are alive right now. Now is the time, as we'll, as we'll keep seeing in the slides, now is the time for us to make right those wrongs, right? Right? Now is the time to give your life to Christ. Now, while you have breath in your lungs. Uh, 
Chikadraga, and he was my uncle. God gave him an incredible gift to make his rights on his deathbed. But we're not all guaranteed that, right? Sometimes our own pride, many times, our own pride clouds our vision. And as you saw in the skit, what, what do we sometimes need to clear that vision? Okay, who said it? Guidance? You need guidance. You need somebody to help you along, right? Now, how do you surround yourself with spiritually, uh, uh, with, with us, with, how do you surround yourself with um, a spiritual compass that will guide you in the right direction? Excellent. Being in God's Word. Did you guys have a lesson on Daniel today? You did? Daniel's one of the only prophets. This, this, this dude is scot-free. Like, you can't find anything in the Bible that, that can pinpoint, ah, you know, he didn't do the, make this decision right. You know, he could have done this better, right? Three instances, Daniel and his, his buddy Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they're from Nebuchadnezzar to King Darius. Three instances. So by the time, by the time um, Daniel got to King Darius, he was how old? Do you guys know? Eighty. He was 80 years old. And so what do you think at 80 his prayer life was like to get him to, 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 uh, to be faithful to uh, stand up to King Darius? What do you think that was like? What's a, what's a word that you would describe his spiritual life? Persistent. Excellent. Persistence. What else? Constant or, or consistent. Very good. They, he was the same guy at 14, same prayer life at 14, praying towards Jerusalem as he was 80. That is an incredible challenge to us and to all of you, is that that preparation, that foundation that's laid in prayer, that, 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 he, that God was preparing him for those incredible trials. I mean, I've never been asked to... To, to bow down to a golden image or be thrown into a fiery furnace or in a lion's den uh, or, or to eat vegetables um, for, for a long period of time uh, unless my, that's what my wife makes. So, gee. Re, somebody please read. Um, we'll skip that first one. We kind of went over it again. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.18, please. Read that loud for me. Oh man, that is confusing, right? That that sometimes re- read it again for us, nice and loud. I want it. We'll, I want to. I want it to soak in. What's unseen? What are things that are unseen? For for a grape airhead, what is uh, the best one? Actually, in my opinion, get out of town. You are nuts if you take anything other than grape. <laughs> Mystery is not bad. What's what are some things that are unseen? God, excellent. What else? But how do you know that they're there? You've never seen it. How do you know? Uh, but how? How do I know that you're telling the truth? If you're telling me that this is how I feel, how do I know that that's a truth? You have to believe it. You have to believe that it's true. Right? Daniel believed. 
he said he told King Nebuchadnezzar when all of his other wise men couldn't decipher it, before he even talked to God, he had the faith. It's the faith that starts. You have to believe it. And you have to believe it for yourself. You have to believe it that's your faith, not your parents' faith, not your church's faith, not your friend's faith. You have to believe it that it's your faith. And that's where God can work the miracle. So we talked about being told, right? Being told the way. Confession, repentance, and prayer. We talked about being in the Word. Excellent. All right, the Third word is perish. Oh, that's an archaic word. What, what, do you, what comes to mind when you think about perish? Death. Skull and crossbones. Funerals. What else? What was that? Gravestone. Yeah, I told you I was sick. What else? What was that? Decay. Okay, what, what was that? Feet. Very good. The... The, uh, what they died of, who they are, tied to your toe right there. Hopelessness. Excellent. There's more. There's plenty more. COVID, okay. All right. How about finality? Right? Does, do any of you think about death as being final? No. Why not? Okay. Excellent. Because of life after death. So we know what's, what's, uh, what's the consequence of sin. Death. Excellent. Somebody read that for us. Romans 5.19. Nice and loud. Okay. The sin of one man, who is that? Who? Adam. Right? And then who is the, who's the obedience of another man in the second part of that verse? Who is that? That's Christ. Exactly. Jesus Christ. And they, he is the one, Christ is the one, who has victory over what? Death and sin. Excellent. So, if you're thinking about that, like, is that like a small thing to you? Should be a big thing, right? How should we be? We should act with what? With urgency. Somebody read that Ephesians 5.16, please. I love it. Awesome. Redeem the time because the days of evil. What do you guys think are going on today? I mean, have any of you walked around school or any higher education institutions lately? What do you think? What do you think about that verse in light of the times that we live in? Is it true? Right? Are the days evil? So what does the Bible say to do? Redeem the time. See, the days were evil back then. The days were evil in Daniel's time. They they weren't much better. Right? Nobody's asking us to actually physically bow down to an idol. Maybe metaphorically uh, or, you know, very subtly. Um, but they're not rolling a, 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 big, uh, a big golden statue here for us to, to celebrate. But those times are, were, weren't less evil. So with that urgency, how many here are converted? That is a good, a good amount of hands. Would have been nice to see more, but great. What does that say for us, brothers and sisters? To do what? To do what? To go! Look, it says go, an explanation for it. Go and tell the world. Somebody read Matthew. Matthew 28. Okay, so you have, you have a call. You have a call. And with that great commission, did Jesus say, did Jesus say to go? 
and, you know, have fun. Or go, and, uh, you know, I hope you guys make it. Go, ah, here's, here's, some, here's some money and some food. I'll see you in a couple years. Did he say that? Did he say you're going by yourself? I'm t- oh, actually, I'll, I'll, I'm addressing the converted ones here. Did he say that we're going by ourselves? No, he said he's going with us, right? So that's an encouragement to us, brothers and sisters. And it's also encouragement to you, those who have not yet decided to follow Christ, that, that this life experience that you're in, that we've all experienced, this confusing, this confusing time, that was confusing back then, and it's confusing today, you're not going to be doing it or going along by yourself. Not only do you have scattered saints around you all week, but you have a God that we just read, I don't know, 4,000 years ago, that asked the same question today. Each one of you, he's asking, let us reason together. Come on, man. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about how much I love you. I love you too, Ruby. Thanks. <laughs> Let's talk about, about my plan for you. Let's talk about where, what, what mission I have you to do. Let's talk about who I, where I have you to go. There's that song, Because I'm Happy. Right? <clears throat> What's happiness? I know you guys are getting hungry. Well, secret, we'll probably end early. Happy, go ahead. A feel-good emotion, and I stink at throwing. A feel-good emotion. Happiness is an emotion. Excellent. Why does it drive so many people? Why is why is why why are so many of you 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 people? Okay, I'm 36. So I'll say you people. I'm getting old. Why do you guys want to be happy? Why? Oh, it sucks not being happy. Okay, is me pursuing happiness? A, a real, is that my reality? Is that what's really taking place in my life? No. Should happiness, should me being happy, now think about that. What, where am I going? I'm going south, right? Should me being happy identify who I am? So I, uh, I played high school football, and <clears throat> I struggled so much because God made me fast. Like, I'll run around you. I'll never run through you. Like, I didn't like contact at all. Defense was, was for linebackers and, and DBs and safeties, right? Those guys tackle. But I just love to, 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 to run fast. And I struggled so much as I, was, as I felt God calling me, even here at camp in the 90s. <laughs> Juniata, God, why did you make me fast? You should have just made me slow so I didn't have to struggle with this and I, didn't, I, I could just, you know, give my life to you and it's one thing that I didn't have to worry about. Why'd you make me fast, Lord? And the response was, you're identifying who you are with the wrong source. So, did I listen? You guys don't know, but Take a guess. Did I listen? No. My sophomore year of high school, I tore my ACL. <clears throat> my senior year of high school, I played football again. 
And I broke my radius and ulna, and my arm was in a direction that God didn't make it to be in. So what I want to say with that is that God will work in spite of your happiness. We read about Jonah earlier in the week. God worked in Jonah's life in spite of his racism for the Ninevites. Let's be honest. He was a racist. He hated the Ninevites. He hated them. And he even was mad at God that God could redeem them. These nasty people, sinful, scum of the earth. Come on. I mean, right? So he hated them. But God worked even in spite of him. So how do I know I'm happy in the right thing? I don't know if I have the answer to this question. I just threw it on there. It was 4 o'clock in the morning last night. So sorry for, for, uh, for maybe... I don't even want an answer. Just think about that for yourselves. How do you know that I'm happy in doing the right thing? And think for yourselves, is my happiness, is me being happy driving my life's decisions and my choices in my life? And is it, the right, is, is it true? Is it right? And just like how those boys were uh, uh, running around for those, uh, for those airheads, you guys weren't trying to deceive them, right? You were t- truly talking, saying, hey, it's on the steps. It's on the stage. It's, it's next to your right foot. Look. That same sense, you're, you're, the, the purity of what you all just said in actually trying to help them, it didn't get you guys any, any airheads, did it? By helping those two guys get airheads, it didn't benefit you in any way, right? But you were looking, you wanted to help them along. That same sense is someone who's looking to guide you towards a biblical worldview, towards a relationship with Christ, is going to help you even at the expense of their own happiness. Expense of their own will, their own wants, their own desires. Why? Because who is that an example of? Softball. Jesus. He's an example of Jesus. Jesus said, take this cup from me. Please, God. Oh, God, take this cup from me. But if you don't want to take it from me, I will still go. I am willing to put my humanity and my will aside. Not my humanity. But I'm, putting to, I'm willing to put aside what I want to do, and I'm willing to do, oh God, what you would have me to do. So the, uh, the last one is the law. Quick rundown of the law. Galatians 3.24. Somebody read it, please. Quick, 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 quick. You are racking up the airheads. That's awesome. So the laws are schoolmaster, right? What does that mean? Somebody tell me what that means. Hand up. The law is trying to guide us, just like when you're at school. Very good. Just like when you're at school. That teacher is trying to guide you and trying to teach you a lesson to help you grow, to help you learn, Right? In that same sense, the law was telling us what was right and what was wrong. Right? God sent the law so he would teach his, children, his people what was right and what was wrong. And what else did it, 
go, let's, let's, get, let's, let's reach for a, a little bit of a higher notch. What else did it teach them? Why did he establish the law so it could teach them one more thing? What else did it teach them? Okay, taught them faith, good. What else? Obedience, excellent. But, but, hold on, don't fist bump yet. <clears throat> it, taught them faith, it taught them obedience, but what did it ta- teach them about obedience? Okay, why? Very good answer. It taught them humility, why? Because when, when you fall, what are you? When you fall, you're usually what? Embarrassed. Excellent. And you're, you're humble. Thank you, Kyle. Very good. It's too far. My arm. I threw out my arm already. When you fall, and it's not, it's not if, okay, speaking from experience, it's not if, it's when. You're humble. And that's what the law taught God's people, is that, that they couldn't fulfill the whole law. And so then what needed to be, uh, what needed to come next? The ultimate sacrifice. Did they need a lamb? Did they, could they have used a lamb with a blemish? Could they have sacrificed a lamb with a blemish? No, sir. I love that. Excellent. They could, it had to be a perfect sacrifice, right? And who was that perfect sacrifice? Jesus Christ. Getting something you don't deserve is called what? Mercy. Excellent. Grace. Excellent. You remember the, I, I said this in class, but I absolutely, I, I love it. Somebody told me this. I didn't, I didn't come up with myself. But do you remember Ananias and Sapphira? That, they, uh, that, that God struck them dead because they were dishonest in what they sold the piece of land for. They conspired within themselves. Do you remember that story? Have you ever thought of why did God, why did God strike them dead for just lying? Did you ever think about that? How many of you thought about that? I for sure did, because I've lied many times. Many confessions I've had to make and repentances, I've had restitutions I've had to make for lying. Right? So I would wonder, why did God, why did God strike them dead for just lying? That's not the question. The question today is why are each one of you still alive? Because you transgress one of God's law, the penalty is death. That's what the Bible says. That's what it's been. The penalty is death for each one of you, for for me, for each one of us. So the question isn't, why did God, such a mean God from from his throne, see these two, this this nice couple, that they just just held a little bit of money back? You know, maybe they, they needed the money. Why did he kill them? The question is, why does he let us live? Why does he let us live when we transgress against his law? Does any, do any of you know? Because of what? Because of his love. Listen, guys, it's the strength and the power of the love of God. We will never understand. Not necessarily because it's mysterious. But it's because it's not something we would do with human thought. And because it is so great. It is so great. So who's excited to go back to school and coming up in September here? Got a couple more, a couple excited ones? Excellent. Somebody read Psalm 1-3. Keep going, come on together. 
So let's go back to the law of being a schoolmaster and you being in school, me being in school. Right? We absolutely hate it. Tests and homework and exams and lectures, all that stuff is, oh man, it's the, it's the pits. It's the worst. Right? But what happens in at the end? When you finally achieved your goal of completing it, right, there's a sense of satisfaction. And so you look back, and many in this building, in this, in this institution, they have alumni, right, past graduates. They're here, they come, they donate, and they recognize that their time in school, learning, <clears throat> was beneficial. If you parallel that, the same thing with the law of God. There's going to be times in your life where you're, you might, you really, oh man, I'm so tired. I don't want to open up the word today. You know, I, I know Daniel did it every single day and it, 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 it really it made his foundation sure and it prepared him for, for whatever God had him. But, you know, I'm not Daniel. I'm just Andrew, some redheaded guy from Cleveland, you know. What am, what am I ever going to do? Listen, please don't ever think that. Don't ever think that. Because those instances where God is teaching you when you're reading his word and when you're learning from scripture or when you're in church or in Bible class or Bible study, those are the times where you're being molded and you're being formed and you're being used for God's purpose. I'm going to drop a bob on you for the last 10 minutes. What if I told you that we've been misquoting this verse the whole time? Maybe this verse doesn't really mean what it does. We read a literal interpretation of this verse. If we break it down, this is what it really is. The word vision in Hebrew is chizen. And what that means is a divine interpretation. So, that verse can be translated... Where there is no divine interpretation, the people perish. So if any of you are interested in, in, in biblical studies and a little bit nerdy, this is going to be for you. I, I absolutely love these little nuggets that are strewn throughout the Old Testament. And they link one to another. See, this, ver- this word chizen is found in Samuel. Do you remember Sam- uh, in Samuel 3? He ministered to Eli, gave Eli some pretty crummy news. Right? But there was no widespread vision. See, see Eli's sons, do you, who remembers about Eli's sons? What were they doing? They weren't very good. Eli didn't have some good sons. Eli himself was faithful, but he didn't have very good sons. So there was no widespread vision. In Jeremiah, the lamenting prophet, <clears throat> and the, God says and casts judgment on Israel and says, that the prophets, they prophesy lies in my name. I have not sent them, commanded them, nor spoken to them. They prophesy to you a false divine communication. Lamentations. Her gates have sunk into the ground. He has destroyed and broken her bars. Her king and her princes are among the nations. The law is no more, and her prophets find no divine communication. The Chezon is gone. Second Chronicles the rest of the acts, the rest, this is paraphrasing, this is a summary. <clears throat> the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and his goodness indeed are written in the vision of Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. In Chronicles, that vision 
was gone. So today, where does this chisen come today? The Holy Spirit, excellent. More micro. Huh? Louder. Prayer? Uh, that's a little bit too personal. The Bible, good. Well, let's think more uh, interpersonal. Body of Christ, excellent. And that we form, the body of Christ formulates where? In church, very good. So we got church, Bible study, Sunday school. These are where divine direction. And form, t- <laughs> this guy wants, he just wants airheads. <clears throat> Don't think of this word divine direction as something mysterious. Think of it as proclaiming God's word. Okay, so don't think too 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 high level of this. In in my opinion, in, the, in this case here, so that divine direction stick and prefer prefer the areas where that divine direction is being promoted. <clears throat> so if you don't have vision, are you going to die? Huh? Unless you fall off a cliff, yes, true. You got the true. You got those glasses on. Some of these hills in Virginia, you're, you're gonna, you'll tumble 100 feet for sure. Are you gonna die if you don't have vision? If we if we read a literal interpretation of that scripture, the people perish. You're gonna die. No, you're not actually gonna die. You're you're not gonna die. So that word actually means unhinged. You see that guy like just freaking out in the back. <clears throat> Nineveh, an incredibly wicked city. Was that city unhinged? Was it? Sodom, where Lot was living. Was that city unhinged? What's the parallel between those two cities? They were without what? God and... Excellent. Very good. And divine divine communication, divine intervention. They were without that. And so, aside from Sodom... If you think about Nineveh, what was the result once the divine uh, inspiration or teaching or intervention was introduced? Salvation, very good. Starts with an R, and it rhymes with mevival. Revival, yes, that's what it was. Revival. Revival was the result. Revival was the result. Wrapping up here. It's a little off there. So why, why, are we, why are we discussing the literal interpretation as well as the actual interpretation? So why, why, did I dis, why did I not discount that first literal interpretation, how we read it? Because both apply and have biblical applications, right? If you have no vision, if you have no way, if you're blind, you will perish not physically, well, we all will perish physically. Spiritually, you will perish. So that application is 100% valid. That's 100% applicable as a literal interpretation. But also, we have biblical examples of where God is void, where God is gone, right? Left to our own devices, men and women, because you guys are basically men and women, Left to our own devices, we are unhinged. We are every which way. We are restless. We are we're off the hook. Whatever you want to, whatever colloquialism you want to add, we are we are we are uh, unanchored. 
And only God, and especially Satan, will know which direction we go. So my friends, my brother and sister who are here, revive. Take this scripture and take it with you that where there is no vision, the people perish. But the law of God, whoever keeps the law of, his, law of God, happy is he.